Heavenly Father, as we think about and reflect on today's text, pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Open up our hearts and minds to what you're saying to us. Help us to let go of worldly thinking that contradicts your way of life and help us to embrace your way of life, a life that is about loving you and loving others. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have this opportunity during Lent to be renewed, to be again renewed by your Spirit. May we take this opportunity to listen to you, to be shaped by you, and to allow you to walk, work in our lives as we walk with you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We've started this Lent series with a focus on being renewed. Um, for some people, they get renewed by taking a holiday. For other people, they get renewed by um, going down the beach. Some people get renewed by having a sleep. Part of the Lenten experience, the Lenten encouragement, is to be renewed by God, by spending time with God. And last week we spoke about being renewed by God's promises, focusing on God's promises and living life because God has promised things, not because he's delivered them already. This week we're going to talk about um, being renewed by God's blessings and thinking about what does it mean to be renewed by God's blessings. Our reading from Genesis chapter 17 had these two verses. It said, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Before we look at this text, I've got three questions for you to to consider, to think about, to reflect on, not just now, but throughout the sermon, but also throughout the week. First of all, what does it mean that every blessing in your life is a gift from God? As you think about your life and you think about all the good things in your life, what does it mean that every blessing in your life is a gift from God? The second is, what does it mean to remain faithful with God as you wait to fully see or experience blessings? Now, you're probably like a lot of people, um, you've prayed to God about an issue and God seems to have taken years, in some cases, to give an answer to that prayer. But what does it mean for you to remain faithful with God as you wait to fully see or experience blessings? And the third question to think about and reflect on is this. How might God be blessing you so others are blessed by him? How might the blessings you receive, in fact, not just be for you, but may be given to you so others can be blessed by him? Many years ago, I read a story about a small country little church um, and that church was about to close because most of the community had disappeared from the area um, and the church remaining people were quite sad because they felt, oh, this, you know, we haven't done much and this church is closed. But when they had their closing service, they, the, someone on the, the elders that they had left had invited some previous people who had been part of that church. And there were five pastors that showed up. And one of them was Tony Campola, who now is an author, who has a significant impact. And he makes this, makes this comment that his, start, his faith, the start of his faith, many, much of his faith was nurtured in that little congregation. Right? 
And now the world was being blessed because of that. And so I encourage you to think about that is how might God be blessing you so others be blessed by him? Not just the people you immediately see, but may even be sometime in the future people you never meet until you get to heaven. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I'll make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Just some background. So what we touched on last week is that there are at least five um, main covenants. We've got the Noah covenants, which we looked at last week. We've got the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the new covenant, which is the one we will talk about when we have communion. We often use that term and that covenant with Jesus that Jesus has put in place. Each of those have slightly different connotations, but when you look at the covenants, what you see is the way that God works with humanity in the way he wants to rescue us, to redeem us, to save us. And that's an important thing when you look at the covenants. Now, you might think, oh, I'm just a new covenant person. And often I've had people say to me, I don't, those other covenants I don't need to worry about. Well, if we look at those covenants, we actually get to see a glimpse of how God works with people. We get to see how God unpacks. And if you looked at our reading, if you remember our reading that we had from Romans, we hear how the Abraham covenant has an impact on us as new covenant people. And so these other covenants are important. They're not necessarily binding us or we don't understand them in the same way as an Old Testament person understands, but they do have an impact. They do affect who we are and how we see God because they actually reveal part of how God operates, how God connects with people and how God wants to save people. Some other things about the Abrahamic covenant. I'm not going to go into details in full details how all these four unpack. But keep in mind, the Abrahamic covenant is about this, is about um, Abraham being the father of many. Right? Now think about his situation. He's 99 years old and he hasn't had a kid. But it's also to do with land. There's a promise of land. And we talk about the promised land often. There's also a talk, talk with the Abrahamic covenant that Abraham will have a great name so he could be a blessing. And the fourth thing is God promises to be not just Abraham's God but also the God of all his descendants. And when we see with the New Testament, we see that statement in Romans that it's Abraham through faith and he's the, the God of all people. You know, And whilst the Israelites would have thought he's just the God of us and that when he says all his descendants, oh, all his descendants are restricted to the Israelites, this broader focus in us both Jews and Gentiles. So let's have a, a bit closer look at today's reading and what it might lead us to and think about being renewed by God's blessing. Well, the first thing is that you discover um, if Abraham's 99 years old and he hasn't had a kid, yet still there is an opportunity, there's still a promise he's going to have a kid, you kind of start to get this sense that God takes his time. Right? But not only this, even comes more clearer. If you um, read from Genesis... See, the Abrahamic covenant comes from Genesis 12 through the Genesis 17. And if you read that, you start to realise God first made this promise when Abraham was 75. 
Now, if you were 75, right, and God had made a promise to you that you're going to have a kid, you'd be going, well, you better hurry up. Right? 24 years later, or t- actually 25 years before the child is born, right, God delivers that, that blessing. And remember that for particularly Old Testament people, it was important to have a son or a daughter because that was where, who you passed things on, but they also looked after you when you got old. So one of the things this reminds us is that God can take time to deliver and think about your own life and think about the times you've prayed about things. Rob, I'm sure there's times you've prayed and you go, I wish God would just hurry up and answer this prayer. And I've been the same and sometimes I get really frustrated. Well, this always reminds me that God can sometimes take time to deliver. And I sometimes question about what he's up to, what he's doing. So a question for you to think about is, when God takes time, how are you waiting faithfully for God? How are you waiting faithfully for God? Take time to notice the smaller blessings because one of the things of our lives that we have got all these smaller blessings, and I'm a big believer in this, that God gives us all these smaller blessings to keep reminding us that he's still around. But the unfortunate thing is sometimes we can become disillusioned with God because we become so focused on the bigger blessings. I have people who occasionally say to me, I wish God would just bring the end of the world now. The end of the world, I'm sick. I'm sick of this world. I just wish you'd bring it now so I could be in heaven. Can I encourage you to think about to wait? What does it mean to wait faithfully? To keep focused on God's promises, to keep going the journey. Paul talks about, let's keep our eyes. And remember, Paul writes in this context frequently, the context of suffering, the context of Christians being persecuted. And he keeps reminding us to keep our eyes on Jesus which in other words is waiting faithfully. The second thing from our text, to be renewed by God's blessings, is that we are called to walk with God. Sorry, Genesis 17.1, not 1.17, so it should be 17.1, says, I am God, Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Now there's two ways to read this passage. Some people have read this and said, um, this passage says, Walk before me blameless. And both can be read in the, the grammar, grammar of the Hebrews um, This, but in two different ways. One is, well, walk with me, God saying, walk with me and be blameless. Do not do anything wrong. That's how some people read it. However, Tamin has a more of a slant of walk before me and have a good relationship with God. And in other words, walk before me Right? Walk with me and I will make you blameless. Because you walk with me, and this is the other way you can read it, because you walk with me, you will become blameless. And for us as New Testament people, we see that that is how Jesus operates. That's how God operates. It's just our clock has fallen down. Um, God is calling us to walk with him and he will make us blameless. Our blamelessness 
remember, comes not from what we do, not from because we've walked with God, we are good people, not because we get everything right, right? but because Jesus has an impact on our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 reminds us of this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And so the encouragement for us is that to walk with God constantly, to continually walk with God and allow God to affect who we are. And that can only happen through the cross. The reason that these readings, the reason that we have this focus in Lent of preparing for Easter is to keep drawing us back to look at the cross, to be reminded that our righteousness, our, the people who will be good enough for God doesn't come through us being nice, good little Christians, but it comes through us spending time with Jesus and allowing God to affect us. And the thing that I've noticed is that people who are committed to church through ups and down times, and I think my father was a big inspiration of this, he had ups and down times and he said, if you want to make sure you're in heaven, just keep going to church. And for a while I thought oh, it was all about, you know, God's going to get the um, list of people who come to church. Yep, yep, Richard's been there enough, he can get in. But that's not what he was on about. Because he made another comment to me later in life. He said, look you'll notice people who think they're Christians, who say they're Christians, and say, oh, I don't need to go to church. He said, they may in their head think they're Christians, but what often happens is they drift away from understanding about grace and about God's love. And they don't have that relationship. God doesn't continue to have an impact on them through the, through the scriptures and through the church community. And so that being renewed by God's blessings involves walking with God continuously. So let's think about this. Which of the following are you engaging with to assist you in walking with Jesus? Weekly worship? Daily Bible reading, study and reflection? Bible studies? Meeting regularly with other Christians? Now, these are little tools. These are these discipleship tools that we're talking about throughout the year. These are four of the seven discipleship tools that we talk about. But these four particularly help us hear from Jesus. And they work well when we have our open mind to what is God saying to us and allowing what God says to us to affect who we are and to how we live in this world, but also our relationship and our attitude to God. The third aspect of this passage today that helps us unpack what it means to be renewed by God's blessing is that renewed by God's blessing always leads us to blessings for others through us. If that's the case, we should take a step back and think about this. God has blessed us through other people. In fact, all our blessings that we have are blessings that we've received through other people. Some people would like, love to think that God's the, the magician God. I pray to God, poof, and he gives me exactly what I need or what I should have. But most of the time, God is working through other people. Sometimes God works through the weirdest possible people. 
In Genesis 17, verse 6 to 7, we hear, I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your generations, descendants after you. But what's even clearer is if we go back to the original discussion God had with Abram and the original discussion, he says this, all peoples will be blessed through you. I'll make you a bless. I'll bless you so you can be a blessing to others. Being renewed by God renews our outlook on how we see what we have. It's not about us and trying to build just a more comfortable life. It's not about us and just having more things or more time or more more comfort in our life. It's about our relationship with others. You see, when Jesus gives us the greatest commandment, and we remember the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, he also said, and the second is, is this, love others as you love yourself. Right? Our relationship with God leads us into a relationship with other people. And so it's very difficult at times for some people to grasp that because they just want to have this relationship with God. But can I encourage you to expect that if you have a relationship with God, it's going to lead you into a relationship with other people. Relationship with other Christians and a relationship with people outside the church. I'd love if you could, you know, we could set up a little... um, St Paul's Motel right next door and you come and live right next to the church for a week or two and meet people that we have around this place. We have some of the most interesting people. I have people I'm engaging with at the moment from the residents from time to time. I have a bloke, a young property developer, who every now and again he says, he goes, hey, Father, I need to come and confess sins. (laughs) When he started doing that. And we've had some good conversations, right? Some great conversations. And they continue. There's a cafe down the road. But then I have this little old lady that walks up here and every time she comes to the church, she makes the sign of the cross and has a prayer. And I started talking to her and I find out she's Greek Orthodox. She's lived in the area. And she starts sharing with, with us. The blessing of living here means we can engage with people and help others see Jesus. Sometimes there's some funny times. Like one night I'm working in my office before church and this bloke goes, oh, let's, we've got to go to the toilet. Let's go to the toilet on this church door. Well, I was in my office and I said, and from the top of my voice, you better not do that. <laughs> and next minute this person was like, ah, God is here. <laughs> I think he'd had a few butt drinks. Right? But can I encourage you to think about this? Think about your situation. Think about the blessings that you have and how is God leading you to use those blessings to help others to know him and his grace. And part of that's not about straight away introducing people to Jesus, or that may be an opportunity, but simply for you to show people that God, God loves them through you. So Keep reflecting on this question. How can you use the blessings you have to help people connect with Jesus through you and also through our church? I think 
our Australian Christianity has become a little bit independent. We've kind of said, oh, we'll just be individuals. But that causes us more problems, right? One of, uh, my, one of my first parishes, I had this situation where somebody who was a new Christian grasped this. The problem that became for me, and it was a good problem, was they would see some of their friends who were quite rough and they'd say, look, I've got no idea of the answer, but I know pastor might have a better idea of the answer. And so I get these phone calls from these people who had no idea of Christianity. And at one stage, this bloke was burdened by sin, and I've shared a little bit of this story, burdened by sin, um, and she's just burdened, burdened, and he was worrying about all the bad stuff he'd done. She goes, oh, you need to speak to our pastor. He'll probably help you with that. I'm not quite sure what else I can do. Um, I think he does confession. Well, I get this phone call. Such and such told me that you do confession. Can I come and see you? Well, I was a bit worried about what he was coming to see me about. But when he came in, that was a great way of getting him to see that God has a different slant of things. But that wouldn't have happened unless that person had said, Christianity is not just about me, it's also about working as part of the church. And the last thing that we should be aware of from today's reading, I think today's reading highlights, is that being renewed by God's blessing often leads to changes in our lives. Right? It often leads to changes in our lives. Now, for Abram, it was quite a significant change. Abram and all his people, they had circumcision. We go to the New Testament, we don't need to have circumcision. But the other thing that if you jump back to the early story, Abram was fixed in his homeland, right? and the only way these blessings could come about is if he left the only way he could get the promised land is if he left his homeland. Well, what about for us? What might be the blessing? What might be the, how might blessings change our life? How, what blessings may be part of being Christianity may affect our life? Well, our gospel reading probably gives us a hint, and this is the, the same focus for our Lenten series of bearing the cross. Jesus calls us, if you truly want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. For me, one of the biggest challenges in being a Christian that I'm starting to realise is that many of my friends who have got no understanding of Christianity or people I'm engaging with, and even within the church, grace is not the number one thing they think of. Forgiveness is not high on their priorities. In fact, they see grace and forgiveness as something quite strange and in fact, something that's not worth having. For some people. And yet, for us as Christians, that is the main message of Christ. The reason Christ came into this world is to deliver us grace and forgiveness. And so, for me, that's one of the major things in taking up the cross is I live in a world that sees things differently, that approaches when people do things wrong differently. So a little question for you to think about in your own situation, because you all have different situations to think about this, is what changes is God calling you to live out because of his blessings? What changes is God calling you to live out because of his blessings? What might it mean for you to be a Christian in the circumstances you currently live in? 
How, what might it mean for you to go against the normal trend, in, whether it be in your job or in your family or your industry or whatever circle you mix in? Because you are a Christian, because you've been blessed with God's love and forgiveness. And that God has said to you, take up your cross and follow me. You see, the blessings we have lead us to change. They change what we do and how we go about life, how we see life. So living renewed by God's blessings, just to finalise, these are some things to think about. Is First of all, recognise every blessing in our life is from God. But there is one better, bigger blessing to come. Um, Paul Coleman, who used to be part of a band called the Paul Coleman Trio, currently in America, Australian musician, Christian musician in America, has written a song that sounds like a beer-drinking song. It's called The Best Is Yet To Come. And it kind of keeps reminding us, yes, we've been blessed now. Yes, there are many good things. But let's not keep our eyes just focused on today and the blessings. Let's keep reminding that because Christ came, Christ suffered and rose, that there is a better blessing to come. Eternity with God, where there's no sin and abundance of love. The second thing is this. Recognise that God often takes time. Recognise that you can pray to God or you can see a need, but God often takes time. And that can be frustrating, particularly for someone like me who likes things to happen. It can be frustrating if we've been waiting for something for 10, 15 or 20 years. The third thing is walk constantly with Jesus. Even if God is taking time or doesn't seem to be answering your prayers, just keep walk constantly with Jesus. And the truth is Jesus will bless you as you do, particularly in ways that you don't expect. And fourthly, look at how God has blessed you so you can bless others. Think about the people in your life. Think about the blessings you've received and how might they be able to be used to be able to bless others. I'm not quite sure if you're like our family, but... Every now and again, we have to do a pantry clean-out. We've got too much food. right? Now, some of it goes straight in the bin because it's out of date. But some of it was food we bought that at one stage someone liked in our house, but they don't like. Um, often, we have found we can give that to others. And that's just a simple way. But there's many other ways that you can use the gifts that God has given you. You may have a particular talent. Uh, we've, in the Lutheran Church, there's an immigration lawyer that I know. And we've had, because you, as you know, we've had a number of asylum seekers. Right? And the way he uses his gift of law and immigration law is I can ring him up and ask him some basic questions of what to do. And he gives me a little bit of confidence to be able to help some of those who are seeking asylum. And lastly, expect God's blessings to lead to changes in your life. Expect them to have, expect changes to happen. God has called us to a relationship with Jesus, a relationship where he will renew us by his blessings. We'll have some earthly blessings, but most importantly, and this is what Easter is about, 
We have the blessings of eternal life that comes through Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift, the wonderful gift of your blessings in our life. And Lord, as we live, pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Help us to see the small blessings in our life. Help us to have patience with you as we wait for other blessings and particularly wait for the blessing to come where we will get to experience eternal life with you and many other believers. And Lord, we thank you for all who have blessed us in your name. Gracious Father, as we leave from this place today, may we leave renewed by the, knowing the, that you are blessing us. May we have our eyes and ears open to all the blessings we see. And may we be people of thanks. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.